It's real. It's real. You know the deal. You know the deal. Come on. Hey, it's Shantae. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to What's the Deal, a podcast powered by the Norfus Firm. At the Norfus Firm, we solve people problems. We work with employers all around the world on HR and diversity, equity, and inclusion issues. We're here just to, to frame up a really cool impromptu conversation that happened. Um, that's the episode you're about to watch. And we had the great pleasure of talking about building multinational uh, DEI strategies with Charlene Brown of Howlett Brown over in the UK. And we were talking about, you know, what does it take? And hopefully y'all have already listened to those episodes, but if not, go back. What, who should be doing this global DEI work? What were some of the key takeaways from that conversation? Uh, well, someone who um, has some expertise in it, but from like breadth of expertise. Mm. So has worked in a number of different places. Someone who can think strategically or, at, no, there's no or. Someone who can think strategically exactly. and has like knows what a strategy is and can apply it. Um, and then someone who has a level of emotional intelligence and really understands how um, that you're dealing with people and people come with things and you are also a person and come with things. And so how to navigate that space with that level of intelligence. And it was such a powerful discussion and it segued into an impromptu discussion, which we caught most of around people who are doing DEI work, being able to have that emotional intelligence for themselves and the ability to recognize burnout in themselves type of deal. And I think it was such a critical distinction because we're also going to talk about the fact that employees are still really struggling, but I I just thought it was such a powerful discussion about, we have to take care of ourselves too. So if you're a people leader and, and are working on these people practices, like in HR and DEI, you're a person too. Right. Why is it so important for us to be thoughtful about how we take care of ourselves as these DEI practitioners? Well, it's the airplane analogy of put your own mask on first. Mm. And so if we are in a space of wanting to support people and center people and, and create better work environments for people, if we can't really do that and be present in that work, if we're depleted, if we're burnt out, if we're running on empty, we, we can't do it. And so we have to be mindful of the impact that this work has on us. Right. right. And, 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 you know, we are human. You say it all the time. And I love that we are human. So yes, we can hold maybe a lot more than others who don't necessarily do this work. Great. And there does come a point where, okay, we need to take a pause, take a break, just separate ourselves from it just a little bit in order to resource ourselves. So, yes. uh, you know, take care of ourselves, put our own mask on. Um, and then we can come back to it. Otherwise, we're not of service to anyone. I love this statement that you, you, you're you using around resource ourselves. Mm-hmm. What are some examples of resourcing yourself? Yeah, it varies. Um, in the moment, it could be simply, okay, I just had a really charged interaction with someone and I, and I had to hold space with that person, which is another episode that you can go check out. Um, but if, you know, I, I've had to hold that, but I'm, I'm still absorbing this energy. I'm still taking this on. So maybe it's just a matter of taking a beat, going outside, doing a lap somewhere if, if that's available to you, you know, grounding yourself. Some folks, I love to do this with literally, I'll just put my feet in the, on the grass. I literally ground myself to the earth, right? Um, touch a tree. I know people are going to think that's weird, but like, how do you get in nature? If you can do it quickly, couple of deep breaths, breath work is amazing. Each. Taking even one really big 
inhale and a really slow exhale, you literally feel it like it leaves your body. Um, getting some tea, getting some water, uh, an affirmation, something, anything. But it's really what is that thing that's going to allow you to feel more grounded and more centered? Because what's happened is whatever interaction it was, the energy around it has caused you to become a little bit dysregulated, mm -hmm. the dysregulated central nervous system. So it's acknowledging that that's happened and you know it, ha you feel it in your body. So acknowledge that it's happened and then do the things that you know will help to like, okay, I can, I can come back. I can, I can feel like that sense of center is, is reestablished. Right. Yeah. So please enjoy the conversation um, we'd even love to hear from you if there's ways in which you are finding uh, ways to regulate yourself, resource yourself. Mm -hmm. But again, we thought it was really important to make that distinction because the people who hold space for this work are human too. And I will always say it, no matter how great we are at being service providers, we are human too. We are going through things. We are experiencing things. Um, and, and so, yeah, have fun. Enjoy. And make sure you take care of yourself. Yeah. I think emotional intelligence of self and where you are, if you are a DEI leader and how you're showing up, because it's that's also a hard job, right? And I work with a lot of leaders, DEI leaders and uh, equality leaders who are, who are, who have, who have reached their limit with this work because they're on the receiving end of people projecting all of their trauma. Um, and then they have to switch their energy quite considerably um, depending on the circumstances of what happens and that eat, eats away at you. Um, very, very quickly, one of my own personal experiences, and from this, I made sure all of my team were mental health first aid trained. I was delivering an outcome to an investigation of an investigation to a board. And there was just some horrendous stuff that had happened. And because I'd been on autopilot with it, I was not prepared for how vigorous their reaction was. They were devastated, right? Mm. They were upset, swearing, shouting, not at me, at the situation. But they made me late for a global presentation on to a to maybe eight or nine hundred people on the positives of diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So I had to go from that meeting right. on one computer and stand up and go on that one behind me and start talking about the positivities. After that, I went straight to bed and I sent a voice note to my assistant and I said, we need to we need to look at some mental health first aid training. Um, because if I, who's pretty much been doing this for a long time, can feel like this, then my team aren't safe enough to carry all of this. And we need to put some things in place. So when I say organizations need to be ready to receive a person, that infrastructure also needs to be their own well-being and support. But equally, them as individuals, when you're doing this stuff, let's not ignore the um, impact that it can have on you and your ability to do that and also your health. And you should take steps to protect that too. What? I know you have something for this. <laughs> God, I mean, Sorry. We feel it. no, we feel it too, because we, we go through situations where we're, it's like a ping pong ball. You're going back and forth, back yeah. and forth. You're dealing with one client who is like trying to take you out on one end. And then you have someone else who's really excited and really want to do the work and you want to be there just as excited as they are, but you're like, man, all of my energy and emotions and everything just got sucked out of me from this one thing. And how do I resource myself? I think as, as you were talking, the one question I had for you is how do you do that? Like, what, do, what is your practice when you have to switch gears that quickly and you need to kind of like pull something in in order to get yourself ready for whatever the next um, 
situation is? How do you ground yourself or resource yourself in that, in that environment? Yeah, I think, um, so that was a really bad situation that happened. It was poorly timed. I pay a bit more attention to what my day looks like now. Um, I spend a lot more time on how I lead up to giving news. Um, I'm quite an open person where I, I do, I do, I do carry a lot of energy. I've practiced a lot more about making sure that that doesn't happen now. And um, for my team, certainly less so for me right now, because we're so busy. We have a gap on our, we we get the hardest investigations from, if you see the workplace, we get the most complicated, the most kind of visceral reactions, the most uh, challenging. So we make sure now that our teams have gaps even if it's even if it's a couple of days just to try and decompress from one before they go on to the other i don't get that luxury that much but that's me working towards that goal where we have a rotation on on cases that we take on and we look at it all on a case by case basis yeah and and i appreciate i really really appreciate you bringing this topic up because um we spend a lot of time on this as well and i think to shante's point um, we, we jump, we, we were finding that we were jumping between too many different issues in one day. And so we've gotten really strong on how we manage our calendars. How much time is in between certain meetings? Do we have enough time to yeah. like regroup after touch base if we need to, um, you know, if something kind of tough happens on the call to be able to say, Hey, are you okay? How did that go? Um, and there's a lot of, at least with each other touch points on, you know, how to deal with things, even something as small as, you know, we have, we're doing a project where we have to schedule a ton of different interviews and Stephanie, who is our lovely, amazing, the most kind project manager you'll meet is dealing with an assistant who's very, very rude, like just unreasonably rude. And it's unclear why, um, been rude with me. I've talked to her boss, um, and last night, um, our head of operations texted me and said, can you just tell her to s- don't even worry about answering anymore? Because I don't like the way that this person is talking to Stephanie and like, we, we need to stop. And I was like, I didn't, I wasn't on the emails and I texted her. I'm like, D- is everything okay? Like, did something happen? And I told her, I was like, you know, he wants you to just leave it alone. Well done. Like, don't keep exposing yourself to this. And she's like, no, she's just really frustrating, but you know, I'm okay. And like, you know, we, we do that as much as we can because like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to actively allow ourselves to be harmed in, in process. But I think yeah. having practices around it, having practices on how you, Necessary. how you protect your own energy is so critical again for preserving yourself and taking care of yourself, but also to be able to help people do that as well. Because I think that's the other piece that is, it feels like sometimes people are just coming in and like throwing up on you and helping people understand where to put some of their issues. Does that make sense what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, right. they dump on you. Like they, they just literally emotionally and energetically throw it all on you. Because to what we were saying in another episode again, can't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> they were the HR people, the people that do this work are expected to, the expectations of them are greater. So I think there's an expectation that we are supposed yeah. to be able to hold all this and carry all this. It's like, but no, I'm, mm-hmm. you say it all the time. We're human though, but we're people. So you can't, yeah. no, be mindful of how you treat each other all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exa- exactly. And I mean, and, and that's the thing. So when you're hired because you just got pure passion for the topic, but you aren't trained in how to navigate that type of issue, that's when danger can can uh, sit in. I think it's 
particularly challenged. So I look after some of my clients are like unions and NGOs, um, charities. So they find it particularly challenging because there's no there's no boundaries, right? Because they are they feel like their sole purpose is about active being an activist and carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And because so many other people are in far worse situations from their perspective, they keep going and keep going and keep going. And I admire that, that they are running on empty and they are harming themselves in the same place. Boundaries aren't negative. They are healthy and necessary. So it's taken me a while and I'm not, I I, promise you, I'm not perfect, but it's taken me a while to do that. And I learned some of those techniques doing a coaching qualification. You know, when you, you hear about the three levels of listening, if you're mm-hmm. crying, you're not really listening to the person. You're feeling things about yourself. You have to hit those different level, the right level of listening. So there's, a, there's still a distance, but you can still act accordingly for that person. Um, and I found that useful for, for my work as well. Yeah, 100%. Look at us. Just all the working out all the things, talking about every all the parts of this. I this know. Is wonderful. Yeah. Nice little supplemental episode. Yes. I'm trying to figure out okay, how can we fit this one? Exactly. Where does it need we're, to gonna, go? we're gonna figure yeah. it out. Yes. <laughs> Charlene, thank you. Thank you, Charlene. All righty. See you later. Thanks yeah. everyone. Thank bye bye.